Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Come on, I think we can give it up one more time for all of us together, bringing hope for the holidays to families in our church. Uh, I am uh, honored to be here with you this morning. My name is Brian. If you don't know who I am, I actually serve here on staff as the youth pastor here at our Lakeland campus. And I am honored to be here this morning. Uh, I I was thinking about this today as I was kind of just sitting up there before service started. Uh, And and I truly, when I say I'm honored to do this, I I truly am. And, And I was thinking, I was sitting up there and I was thinking and I was like, man, just kind of looking around. Nobody's in the room yet. Uh, and then I saw my friend on the front row, Mr. Lester. Uh, Mr. Lester, actually, he taught me when I was about seven years old. And it is amazing to think that what God can do with a life that's just given to him. Uh, and I just, I just want to honor everyone that's here this morning. I want to honor our pastors. Can we just put our hands together for our pastors? Uh, I truly believe we have the greatest pastors in the world, and I am thankful to be here. But, but before we get started, I just want to pray. Is that okay with you guys? I mean, we're in church. It would be okay if we prayed, right? <laughs> Come on, let's just pray together. Father, thank you for today. God, we know that it's a little cold outside, it's a little wet, but in here, you are here. And so, God, today we just ask you to speak. We ask you to speak to each and every one of us to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, to help us, Father, because we need you. We need your help. That even as I was worshiping this morning, I think that in this season, for many people, it can be filled with many different emotions, from joy and excitement to even a bit of sadness and longing for things that, that maybe we had in seasons before. Father, I I just pray that today, wherever we are, that you would just meet us here, that you would speak to each and every one of us, and that you would help us, because God, it's you that we need. It's not me. We need you, God. So today, speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Oh, come on, say amen again. You sound good. You look good. Uh, I I just want to jump into the Bible this morning. Is that okay? If it's not, we're doing it anyways. We're going to jump into the Bible. We're going to the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, there's a scripture that I want us to just kind of start at today. We're going to talk from this scripture in Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to read a couple of verses, verses 12 through 14. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. The scriptures will be on the screen. If you do have a Bible, I would encourage you just open it up, turn there. Maybe it's on your phone. I work with the students, so a lot of them have their Bibles on their phones. Turn open Unlock your Bible and use it this morning. Uh, Today, we want to look at Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 12. We're going to start there. It says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling. He overturned tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers. And in verse 14, it says, The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, 
and he healed them all. I just got a question. I want to do a little survey. I was thinking about this. I actually did a little bit of research. Didn't really find anything interesting. So I figured I'd do the survey here with you guys this morning. Uh, as we have been in this quarantine season from anywhere from around the, the month of March to the present last day of November, just raise your hand for me. Just raise your hand. If you have done any type of home improvement, anything with your house, you, you put down, you put a new doorknob in, you paint just keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. I want, I want to get a, get a good idea here. Okay, if your hand is not raised, look at the hands that are raised. They're the people that are still in the toilet paper, too. They, when they go to get their stuff, they're getting all the toilet paper. I, I'm convinced. I think that uh, in this season, I've seen so many people do home improvement stuff. And, and in my mind, I'm like, why are you doing so much home improvement? Like, is your home not that good? Like, why do you need to improve it so much? And I think it's funny because, like... Like when something's yours, it means a little bit more to you. You know what I mean? Like when it's your house, it means a little bit more to you. Uh, Maybe we just had Thanksgiving. Anybody have a good Thanksgiving? Okay, I'll pray for you who didn't because there wasn't a lot of people that said yes. Uh, uh, Good Thanksgiving. As you had Thanksgiving, uh, maybe everybody came to your house, right? Uh, And maybe you realized very quickly the people, they didn't treat your house like you would treat your house, right? Uh, Feet on the table, sofa. It's like take your shoes off, right? Like it is incredible how when something is ours, like we have an affinity to just get it better. To like make sure it's the way it needs to be. And it's super interesting that in this season, I think more than any other season, I did see one statistic that was really cool. It said that uh, in this one company that dealt with everything that deals with home improvement, it said they had, they had earned more than 50% of what they had earned last year just in the quarantine season. I'm like, I should have invested into that. Like, that, I missed that one. But uh, I think it's interesting That when something's ours, it means a little bit more to us. When something's ours, we we feel a responsibility for it that others just don't. (laughs) I think that in this text that we just approached upon this story in human history where we see the Savior of the world do something very interesting. That, that, That right before we get to this moment, Jesus, the one who we were just singing about, He came into the city of Jerusalem. And this is an amazing moment in human history because this is a moment that had been prophesied out for years and years. And as Jesus is coming into the city, people are taking off coats, laying them on the floor. They're getting palm trees and laying them on the road to make a way for the king. I find it so cool that as Jesus is coming in, the first place he goes is to the temple. (laughs) Like out of every other place he could have gone, the first place he goes when he comes into Jerusalem is his father's house. His father's house. And I imagine when he walked in, he had maybe the same kind of feelings that we have When people don't treat the things that are ours the way that we would treat them. Uh, Like, for example, um, I I remember this one time when when I went uh, over to my friend's house. 
and I would spend the night at my friend's house. And, and I had come back, and I had picked up some bad habits <laughs> at my friend's house. And when I came back, my mom said, listen, Brian, you may have been able to act like that at their house. But in my house, I said, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, I obey. I submit to your leadership, mom. Uh, I imagine this is what Jesus was feeling like. (laughs) Like, you may act like that in the streets. You may act like that in your marketplaces. But you will not act like that in my father's house. That people are buying and selling. There's animals all over the place. And it says there's not room for people to worship. Like, the thing that it was there for, there wasn't room for it. And, and before we talk about Jesus' actions, because I, I want to get into that. I, I want to talk about what Jesus did. But before we get into Jesus' actions, what if we just started by talking about everybody else's inaction? Like, think about it. It wasn't just Jesus that was at the temple. <laughs> like, there were other people that had kept coming to the temple day after day after day after day before Jesus even showed up. <laughs> And, and why didn't they care about what was going on? Like, why didn't the people that were coming to the temple day after day not care about what was going on? Like, apparently it mattered to Jesus. But for some reason, it did not matter to anybody else who was worshiping there. Like, for some reason, Jesus... When he steps into his father's house, something on the inside rises up because things aren't the way that they should be. But for no one else in this story did it matter. Like no one else did anything. And, and, and maybe, maybe they didn't just care. Like maybe they didn't care what was going on in the temple. But I would suggest that at one point, everybody that was there it did matter to them. Like, I would suggest that the temple didn't get like this overnight. It wasn't like Jesus showed up and everybody's like, oh, let's have a party at the temple. It's Jesus' birthday. Like, no, that's not what happened. That the temple was a holy place. That when the temple was established, it was holy. And the people knew that and they treated it as holy. It was a place to be reverenced, and the people treated it with reverence. But somewhere along the way, what was once reverenced just turned into a routine. Like like what was once reverenced, what they honored, what was holy, just turned into another day at the temple. (laughs) We got to go. We got to buy a couple of things. We got to get this money exchanged. Hey, love you, Lord. All right, now we out. It makes me wonder, like in my life and maybe in yours, what at one point did you reverence? But now it's just a routine. Like in your own personal life, maybe there was a moment in your life when when church was a thing that was reverenced for you. Maybe coming to church was something that was an honor for you. Maybe you were so excited to get here, you were here for the first song. Like you was in here about to praise the Lord before we started. Like maybe at one point church was a place that you treated and you reverenced. 
But then 2020 came. <laughs> a pandemic happened. Uh, we had to do services online. You, you couldn't come to the physical location. Maybe you're still watching online. <laughs> like, I would just ask that, that maybe there are things in our lives that at one point we referenced. Like at one point we honored them. Like you remember the time when God spoke to you about getting up early and doing a morning devotion? Like at one point you reverenced that. But now it's just a routine. Get up, wipe my eyes, Lord I love you, and get going. Like maybe at one point there was something in your life that God was speaking to you about. And you would take the time to pray about those things. But maybe as time has gone on, you didn't see the results you wanted to see so quickly. So instead of it being something that you reverence, it just became another Christian routine. I just wonder if, if maybe as we're getting to the end of this year, what if God was trying to do something, but he needed your participation in order for it to happen? Like, I just wonder, what if God needs us to bring honor to something again and not have it just be another routine? We just finished a series that was called from going, going from hurt to whole. Anybody was here for that series? Anybody enjoy that series? Man, I was like, Jesus, this is good. Uh, I would encourage you, go back and listen to those. My favorite one, not that you asked, but I'm going to tell you anyways. My favorite one was the one last week. It just I, it touched me. I was like, Lord, I give it to you. This is awesome. We just finished a series that's called going from hurt to whole. But I, I I'm going to suggest that we should have a sequel, okay? I'm going to suggest we should have a sequel that's called uh, not going from hurt to whole. We should have a sequel that's called staying whole. How about that? <laughs> what do you think about that? I, I think that would be a good one, right? Just staying whole. Not, like, not worrying about the hurt part, just staying in our healthy state. I would like it. And you know what? I think that in, in the DNA of this church that we actually have a system for staying whole. Like, maybe you didn't know this, that this church is built off of a system of values. There are values that we hold here as a church family, and one of those values actually helps us stay whole. That value is called grow. That, that here in Word of Life, that we have a value, something that makes up the system of beliefs that we have. The reason we do the things that we do in this value is called grow. And what grow simply means is that we, we grow with God. We grow in our relationship with him. We grow in our relationship with others. And maybe, maybe the whole staying whole series is, could be summed up in one word, grow. <laughs> Because if we don't grow, then this process of going from hurt to whole, it will be a continual cyclical process. Because you will get hurt and you will work towards wholeness. And then you'll get hurt again and they have to work towards wholeness. And then you'll get hurt again and you have to work towards wholeness. But what if we just learn to grow 
And that way we could stay whole. <laughs> like, I think that maybe, maybe one of the processes for us to stay whole in this season, to keep things that were reverenced, to stay reverent, to keep the things that we honor, to continue to honor them, to not let the things that were reverenced become routine, is just to simply grow. <laughs> It's to simply make a decision to say, I am going to make sure that in my relationship with God, it is not anybody else's responsibility. It is my responsibility. That I got to grow. I got to grow for my family because every giant that I slay, my kids will never have to slay. Like, I got to grow. Like, I got to grow. I got to grow for my wife because everything that I, can, that I work through, that I can bring it to her and she doesn't have to work through it. Don't, don't worry, God already solved it. <laughs> Like, we got to grow as individuals. And, and I'm just interested at how this, this process of growth, it will help us continue to keep the things that were holy in our life, the things that we reverence, that we honored, it'll help them stay in their right place. It'll help them not just become another routine, but rather it'll be something that we are intentional about. See, it's interesting to me the inaction of all of those who are there. And the thing with inaction is it's actually action. The thing with inaction is actually, you're actually, by not acting, you are acting. You're taking a position and saying, you know what, Jesus, the temple, it doesn't matter to me. And I wonder if that's why when Jesus came in, he had a little attitude, right? Like, I wonder if Jesus was like, oh, you really want to see, huh? Like, I want to talk about Jesus for just a second. Like, like, I love how Jesus steps into this moment. Like, I heard a song recently that's called Flipping Over Tables, right? And I'm like, this is the song for this man right here. Like, he is flipping these tables over. That Jesus steps in. That zeal rises up in his heart. And he's like, no, 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 listen. You may act like that at your parents' house, but you're not going to act like that in my father's house. That Jesus rises up, flips over tables, turns over the, the money changers. I'm like, this? I, when I get to heaven, I know Pastor Joel talks about getting to heaven and seeing things. I want to see this. Like, I want to see G- just, like, I want to I see that moment, Jesus. I want to see, my Bible almost fell. I need to, <laughs> I want to see this moment. And while we can talk about what Jesus did, I think, that, I think that we might miss it if we don't understand the symbolic nature of what he was doing. Like it wasn't just that Jesus came in and was like, oh, tables, flip them. I'm Jesus. Like it wasn't like that. Like what Jesus was doing, there was, it was actually a symbolic nature of something he was trying to show people. See, let me help you. Because in Matthew 21... Jesus is talking about coming to the temple. Jesus is talking about keeping the temple a holy place. He's talking about coming to the temple. But but there's another scripture in the Bible that's in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 16. I think it's on the screen. It says, don't you know that you yourselves are the temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Like Matthew 21 is all about Jesus coming to the temple, but 1 Corinthians 3 is all about you understanding you are that temple. 
Like, like when you allow Jesus to come into your life, what you'll notice very quickly is he'll start saying, you like this table? Whoa, <laughs> Jesus, what are you doing? You'll notice really quickly that Jesus will see the issues in your life and start addressing them. That Jesus will start seeing the relationships in your life and start driving them out. Amen to that one. Hallelujah. I felt that one. Somebody needed that. Like Jesus, this is what he does. It's not just him doing it to the temple. He's trying to show you what he wants to do in you. That he wants to step into your life, start driving out bad behavior, start driving out issues, start driving out sickness. You want to know why? Because look at verse number 14, Matthew 21, verse number 14. After he had driven all the people out, you see what happens? The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Maybe the healing that you need in your life isn't predicated upon can Jesus. Maybe it's based on will you let him? Maybe the healing that you need relationally is not based on can Jesus do it? But it's based on will you let him? Maybe Maybe the things that you're walking through right now, maybe you're like, will this ever get better? Maybe it's not about can Jesus bring the healing. Maybe it's more about will you let him? Will you let Jesus come in and say, this this table, it's got to go. Like this relationship, it's got to go. This bad attitude, hallelujah, it's got to go. (laughs) Like, I just wonder, maybe in the process of our series, Hurt to Whole, you were still like, man, I just don't feel completely whole. Maybe it's not because Jesus can't and he won't. (laughs) Maybe it's because you don't want him to. (laughs) Maybe you're just not ready yet. (laughs) But can I help you? that the symbolic nature of what Jesus does here lets us know that Jesus is always going to fight for our wholeness. Jesus is always going to fight for us to be whole. That as he comes into the temple, starts flipping over tables, moving things and people out, he's showing us, listen, You see how I did this in my father's house, this physical temple? That's the same thing I want to do in you. I want you to give me access into your life. I want you to give me access into your temple. Not just so I can drive things out, but because the thing that you need most is healing. And Jesus, maybe he's showing us that the quickest way to get healed is to allow him to come in and drive things out. I find it interesting that that if we're not careful, 
that just like for the people that were at the temple, that things that were once important, things that were once holy, things that once meant something to us, over the process of time, if we're not mindful of them, the things that were once reverence will turn into a routine. And, and as we were talking about home improvement stuff, I thought about this example. I thought about this example. It's a really cool example to me. Uh, it may not be to you. I hope it is. Um, <laughs> I thought about a garage, okay? Think, think about a garage. Think about a garage. Now, you, you either have one of two things. Your garage is dirty or it is dirty, like one of the two, right? <laughs> right? How did it get dirty? Let me just, how did your garage get dirty? Slowly but surely, at one point, it was clean. I can promise you, at one point, your garage was clean. <laughs> you know what happened? Uh, you had kids, you had a box, you had a bike, you needed to put it somewhere, right? Not your kids, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't put your kids in the garage. That was a joke, everybody. I'm sorry. Uh, no. You needed to put it somewhere, right? <laughs> and what did you do? You just moved it in. Oh, there's plenty of space here. No big deal. Just a box in the corner. <laughs> a week later, how did 17 boxes get in this one corner, Right? Maybe this is just a symbolic nature of our spiritual lives at times. That what was once a holy temple, once Jesus was like, hey, I'm going to drive these things out. You're like, yes, Jesus, take the wheel, drive it out. Slowly but surely over the process of time, we forgot to grow. We forgot that Jesus didn't just drive things out to be like, hey, I'm Jesus, I did it. That Jesus actually drives things out so that there's space for you to grow, so that there's space for you to heal. And maybe in our lives, as we're approaching the end of a year like none other, <laughs> maybe it can be summed up very simply of what God would want of us. And it's just to grow, to just grow from the place that we're at, to grow from where we are to where God wants us to be. And you know the cool part? He helps. <laughs> like, did you see it? He, he went into the temple. He helped them get everything out. He did. He helped them all get it out. <laughs> and he'll do the same with us. I, I have a scripture that, that I was thinking about this morning, and, and it's in Revelation 3.20. I'm sure you've heard this scripture if you've been around church for any amount of time. <laughs> But in Revelation 3.20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. I've heard this scripture talked about many, many times uh, when it's talking about people that don't know who God is. And I agree that for those who maybe you don't know who Jesus is, maybe you don't have a relationship with him, maybe you're new to this whole faith thing, I want to let you know that there is a God who loved you enough to give everything for you. Every part of him for you. And he's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm knocking at the door. Just... Just open up. Just open up and I'll come in and I will be with you. And that is the reality. That maybe you've never started a relationship with Jesus. It's really simple. It's just opening the door. Like, it's just saying, yep, come in, Jesus. I need you. 
And as you open the door, he comes in. But I was reading this book this week. Pastor Joel talked about it. I would encourage you to go get it. It's an incredible book. I think we have it in the bookstore, actually. It's called The The Celebration of Discipline. And as I was reading this book, it, it talked about this scripture. And it said that actually, that this scripture nowadays, we use it more often for people who don't know who God is. But originally, this scripture was actually used to encourage believers to continue opening up their lives to God. And I was like, that is interesting. Like, I've never thought about it that way. But the truth is, every single day, Jesus comes to us like this. Every day, every day, Jesus, he's said, this is him at the door, knocking, knocking, knocking. And the question is, will you open the door? He wants to come in. And maybe you're like, no, I open the door. It's Jesus. Of course I open the door. I open the door to Jesus every time he knocks. Hallelujah, right? Okay, cool. That's great. Let me ask you another question. How about every other door in your house? Just Do you open up? I know you open up the front door. You let him in. But have you ever been into someone's house? They're like, you could be in the living room. But don't go back there. Like, I remember as a kid, my parents were like, you can play in every area in the house. But if you come in my room, I'm going to, and I'll let you fill in the blank. You could just fill in the blank, whatever you think. <laughs> like, I, there's areas in our lives that maybe we are, if we're honest, we let Jesus in, but just not right here. <laughs> hey, Jesus. Hey, where you want to come here? Let me show you my kitchen, Jesus. Let me. <laughs> Maybe there's areas in our lives that we just don't allow Jesus actually access to. Because we're like, well, Jesus, if you come in here, you actually going to have to drive some things out. (laughs) And I think maybe as believers, as people who have a relationship with God, that's the challenge, right? Like, it's not just the challenge to invite him into your life. I think that's the first step. I think maybe there's another step that we take, and it's like, now that he's in your home, can he have access to all of the rooms? And I wonder if maybe, because of hurt, because of situations, because of past pains, previous experiences, I wonder if there's areas in our lives where we're like, Jesus, you can come in my house, but my bedroom is off limits, Jesus. Like, I wonder if, if there's doors that we have a key to, but we never give that key to Jesus. I think today I would just encourage you in that. that whether you don't know who Jesus is, if this is your first time ever hearing about this man who wants to come into your life and radically change it, Like this man who is the son of God, who when you invite him in, he does what he did here at the temple. He comes into your life and drives out everything that is stealing from your potential. He drives out everything that is stealing from your calling. He drives out every relationship that will not allow you to be all that he has called you to be. This man, Jesus, that's what he does. That's who he is. He comes into our lives and drives things out. But he doesn't just drive things out. 
He brings healing in its place. He brings restoration in that place. He brings wholeness in your temple. You are that temple. And Jesus wants to come in and drive things out. But maybe Jesus has come in your life. Maybe you do have a relationship with him. My question would be, yes, he's in your home, but does he have access to all the rooms? Like what rooms are you keeping off limits for God? Because if he comes into that room, he's going to want to redecorate. And I don't want to redecorate because I like it the way it is. Like what areas in your life do you keep closed? Do you keep locked? I think that if we're honest, (laughs) that letting Jesus in some of those doors is kind of scary. Because it's like if he makes, if he wants, if he desires to come into this room, then there are things that are going to have to change. And I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. But can I encourage you? The only reason he wants to come in It's because he wants to spend time with you. The only reason he wants to come in is because he wants to make that room holy. He wants to make that room purified. The only reason he wants to come in is because he knows that the moment he gets access to that, the healing that you've been longing for, it'll come. And I don't know where you find yourself at today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. Maybe you've never opened the door of your heart to him. I would encourage you today, let today be the day to open up your heart and open up your life to God. Because what he wants to do is he wants to heal you. He wants to drive things out of your life but he wants to replace those things with his wholeness, with his healing. Maybe you do have a relationship with God and maybe it's not as much about letting him into your home. Maybe it's more about letting him into every room. Maybe it's about letting him into the room called dreams. That's a big one sometimes. It's like, but God, this is what I wanted. And God's like, yeah, I know, but I can bring healing to that and give you what you really want. To let him into the room of relationships. It's like, but God, like, God, when? (laughs) And God's like, yeah, I know you're worried about when, but I'm worried about who. How about you let me in that room and I'll make you who? And you don't have to worry about when. Maybe it's, It's just something as simple as calling. It's like, God, I just don't know what I'm called to do. (laughs) And God's like, you know what? There's a room that you've not let me into because you're afraid that if I come all the way in, I may ask you to do something you don't think you would want to do. But if you let me in, the healing that you will experience, it will take you into your calling. 
God's here today. <laughs> He's here right now. And one of the amazing things about that is that he's not just here just to be here. <laughs> it's not like Jesus just comes into the temple and is like, hey, I'm Jesus, I'm here. <laughs> now, when God shows up, it's because he wants to do something. I would encourage you, look through the Bible. Never once do you see God show up just because. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm God. All right, see you later. Like, that never happens. <laughs> Whenever God shows up, it's because he wants to do something. And the reason he's here now is because he wants to do something in you. The reason he's here now is because he wants you to open up the doors. The reason he's here now is because he wants you to realize, hey, don't you realize you are my temple? Don't you realize you have the Holy Spirit living in you? The spirit of the living God inside of you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. And the moment you realize that you walk different, You talk different. Your outlook on life is different because you know it's not about you. It's about what God's doing. Today, I think we all have space to grow for sure. I say that, maybe I should say, today I have space to grow. I don't know about you, you may be perfect. I got some space to grow. (laughs) But I want to. I want to. I want to grow. I want to keep growing. I want one day for for Mr. Lester to look back and be like, man, I'm so glad I got to spend time with Brian. I'm so glad, even though he was bad when he was a kid. (laughs) I'm so glad that I got to be a part of the life that he lived out. Like, I, I want to grow. And maybe you felt stuck for a while. Maybe you think it's it's just because it's 2020. No, no, no. (laughs) There's something else going on here. (laughs) Maybe you felt stuck for a while. Maybe you just need to grow. (laughs) Maybe you just need to take the things that were once referenced and make them referenced again. Maybe you just need to get out of the routine of things. Do something different. Ignite your faith. Share the gospel. Like, do something. For me, for you, there's probably space to grow. But the cool thing is, God, he's not after perfection. He's just after progress. Just one step at a time. That's it. And today, I just want to pray for us. That as we step into the last month of the year, that it will be a month of growth. A month of just staying whole. You know, the same desire you had to make these changes when January hit. What if God reignited that passion in you? Say, you know what? I I don't know what happened from January to here, but I know once December starts, (laughs) things are changing. I'm growing. I'm getting back to the person God called me to be. I'm walking out my plan. I'm walking out my purpose. God, me and you. You can come in. You can come into any room. You can come into any area in my life and drive out whatever you want. Because I'm here for it. And I just want to pray that prayer over us today. Maybe we're in a place where we've just never opened the door of our heart to Jesus. And maybe today would be the day for that. 
But maybe we have opened the door. Maybe we've let him in, but we've just not given him access to every room. Maybe today would be the day we grow by giving him access to every room. Would you pray with me? Well, let's just pray together. Father, thank you for today. God, I'm sure of something in this life and that, that surety that I have, it rests in the fact that you love us. It rests in the fact that you want a relationship with us. It rests in the fact that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of our lives. It rests in who you are. And so God, today, I pray that we would have an awakening. That the things in our lives that we once treated as holy, that we once reverenced, that have slowly but surely just become routine, whether it's church, whether it's Bible, whether it's devotion, whether it's prayer, those things that we once honored God, that now we're just a part of a routine of our Christianity. God, would you bring back the honor? Would you help us to bring reverence to those things again? God, would you bring healing? Would you bring life? Would you bring help? Would you bring hope? Because we need it, God. And we need you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in here today and you're like, you know what? I've never actually opened the door of my life to Jesus. I've never allowed him in. I've never given him access into my life, but today I want to. Like, if he can bring the healing you're talking about today, I want that healing. If he can drive out these things that I've been trying to drive out over and over and over again, but yet it seems like they just won't go. If he can do that, I want him. Maybe today you want to open your life to Jesus and allow him to drive out things, but at the same time bring healing. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And after you do that, we're just going to pray a prayer together. But if you say, you know what? Yeah, today I want to open the door. And on the count of three, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Beautiful, beautiful. Hands all over, beautiful. Say, yep, I want to open the door. Beautiful. You can put those hands down. Maybe as well, maybe you've already opened the door. You've just not given God access to every area. If you're ready to give God access, on the count of three as well, just raise your hand wherever you are. One, two, three. Yep, I want to give God access. Yep, I want to give, yep, all those areas. Yep, every single spot. Beautiful, beautiful. Yep, I want to give him every area of my life. Beautiful. You can put those hands down. Now together, let's just pray this prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I don't want you to just say it after me. I want you to pray this prayer with me because this is the prayer that gives God access. So would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, dear Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I really need you. I need your help. I need your hope. 
I need your healing. Jesus, today, I give my life to you and I receive you into my life as the Lord and the Savior of my life. Jesus, every area of my life, I give you access. And God, as I do, I thank you that you bring healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just put our hands together for everyone who made a decision this morning? Beautiful, 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 beautiful.